On today's show, we have to get the Clippers' perspective on Ty Lue because everyone keeps telling me they want Ty Lue to coach the Bucks, and I don't understand why the Clippers would want to get rid of this man. So we're going to find out what the heck is going on with the Los Angeles Clippers. And then at the end of the show, Mike Budenholzer did say his farewell on social media today, and I saw a nice reaction from Bucks fans. So we'll talk about that as well. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. And for the first time on Locked On Bucks, our friends from Locked On Clippers are joining us. Darian Vaziri is here. He covers the Clippers on a daily basis. And I have to say that it has been a fascinating podcast to follow this year because the Clippers are a team that there is always something going on uh, in LA. So we're going to find out more about the Clippers today. Uh, uh, today's show, I should say, is brought to you by the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the code Locked On NBA for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, for Locked On Bucks and Locked On Clippers, we thank you for making it your first watch or first listen of every single weekday. Even though our off season started a little bit earlier, we appreciate the support because there's plenty of interesting storylines uh, right throughout. So drop a, a like, a comment, subscribe, follow, all those things. Uh, free to do, and it really helps us. Darian, good to have you here. And I'm a little bit confused about what we're going to talk about, but let me just ask you straight up, what's it like covering this Clippers team? Because I feel like it would be always interesting, but also always frustrating with the lack of ability for this team to stick together and stay healthy for one run. Well, first off, I want to say, Kane, uh, really nice to be on the show. I checked out your guys' episode uh, with you and Frank after game five. <laughs> yes. I, just, I just had to hear what you guys were saying. I mean, it was it was... A crazy situation. Uh, I apologize to any Bucks fans. You know, hey, there's we're also not happy with our season either. So, yes. but the, the the silver lining is at least you guys got your championship two years ago. We still haven't really delivered. So, to answer your question, it's pretty stressful. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's a complete joy for me as a lifelong LA native and Clipper fan. This was my 18th season as a fan. I always say that at the top of my shows, and. This was the most disappointing one yet. And, and then I say that having watched a team that won 19 games uh, in mm. 2009. Like, it's the expectation that kills. Like, it was just – we thought it was all going to come together this year. Kawhi was back. We have the supporting cast. We have Ty Lu, And we just – as you said, we could not stay healthy at all. There were a lot of things behind the scenes that were really weird. Some involving Ty Lu, which I know we're going to get into. And it was just a dysfunctional season. So – as far as covering the team, the fun was being on Locked on Clippers, being on my own platform, talking about the Clippers and kind of coping with the fan base. But yes. it was stressful. I'm relieved that it's over. Like, truly, it was it was painful this year. Yeah, we talk a lot about the fact that Locked on Bucks, and people don't have to agree with me, and I'm totally fine with that. But part of it is therapy, I think, for the fans as well. So this season, 56 games for Paul George in the regular season, 52 for Kawhi Leonard. Paul George isn't there in the postseason Kawhi is going absolutely crazy. Then he has a knee injury. 
that basically ends the season. And we all understand that. So for the Clippers that have had this little core together for a few seasons now, from a Bucks perspective, everyone's looking at the idea, well, I, I think something needs to change. They've already done that with the head coach. You spoke about some things going on behind the scenes. What do you think the state of the franchise is right now in terms of, do they want to give this another go or do you think there is big change coming? They're going to give this another go. But when I say this, I mean Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Okay. This year, there were confirmed rumors. And part of the reason why Ty Lue's name is even in this conversation, I, when, when you messaged me and asked me to be on the show about Ty Lue, I'm like, does he know something I don't? But yeah. there is some validity to the rumblings of Ty Lue potentially being unhappy because there was a clear difference in what the front office wanted the team to look like this year, Lawrence Frank and J Jerry West, and what Ty Lue wanted the team to look like. Ty Lue sees the game of basketball from a point guard's lens, him being a point guard that played in the NBA. He likes point guards. He doesn't really believe in positionless basketball. So at one point of the season, the front office strong-armed him to start Terrence Mann. Strong-armed him to start Terrence Mann because Reggie Jackson was playing so poorly and whatnot. And that anytime you have the front office stepping over a coach, I mean, these coaches all have egos as well, and rightfully so, there's going to be some problems. And I know for a fact Lawrence Frank wasn't pro getting Russell Westbrook in a press conference after we made the moves for Bones, Highland, Mason, Plumley, and Eric Gordon. He said if there were any point guards that we felt fulfilled our needs, because the last couple of years, everyone's saying the Clippers need a true point guard. We tried Rajon Rondo. We tried John Wall. Reggie Jackson was kind of our guy for a little bit, but we still didn't have anyone that was a true floor general. And when we put Terrence Mann in the starting lineup, we were 10 and two. In the last 12 games when Kawhi, Paul George, and Terrence Mann were healthy and starting together before we got Westbrook. So that led a lot of fans to say that we didn't need him. But Ty Lue, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, they've been adamant since the beginning. They want a point guard. So Lawrence Frank, he said in the press conference, if there was any point guard that we felt would fulfill our needs, has to be able to shoot. That was a clear sign to me. He didn't want Westbrook, but he was convinced otherwise. And a big reason is because Ty Lue loves point guards. So... This season, you saw Ty Lue visibly frustrated at times. There was one game against the Grizzlies a couple of weeks ago towards the end of the season where we're pretty much like every game counts. You know, we're trying to battle for home court advantage. We're playing Memphis on a back-to-back. -back. We are – actually, I'm not sure if it was a back-to-back. -back. We had one day off. But Kawhi Leonard's playing. He's playing decently. We're about down, I think, five points at half. And randomly, Kawhi Leonard sits out the entire second half. And Ty Lue apparently had no idea about this. None. Hmm. Which makes me, but like, if the front, if the medical staff sends the Clippers on a road trip and they don't know that Kawhi Leonard is coming out, I, I just refuse to believe that the medical staff would make Ty Lue's job harder. Maybe that's Kawhi's camp and the whole, you know, Uncle Dennis and the report, you know, the Kawhi injury <laughs> stuff that carried over from San Antonio. But the point is, Ty Lue was visibly frustrated after the game. That didn't seem normal to me. And he also said later in the season, I'm frustrated, but because of other some other things very vague so it was very clear to me that there were some things going on behind the scenes there was also his love of marcus morris who the front office and all the fans wanted to be replaced in the starting lineup and it took him till i want to say the last month of the season to do it and i also think there was still some front office pushing him to do that so the main reason you're hearing rumblings is because the front office wanted to lean into this wing heavy team that the clippers have assembled and ty lu 
likes the guard-heavy approach and often was criticized this season, and rightfully so, for playing too many three- and four-guard lineups. Yeah, it's really fascinating because I think if you look at currently the composition of the Bucks roster, they don't really have a true point guard either. They do have a superstar, which I'm sure would be intriguing to Ty Lu as well. So I've got a bunch more questions, including uh, what are the positives of Ty Lu uh, as a head coach, his contract status, and uh, basically just a temperature check on where you think uh, he would be in terms of potentially leaving the franchise, perhaps a percentage number of what chance you think this is going to happen. But the Game Time app, uh, friends of the podcast here, sponsor of today's show. And unfortunately, if you're a Bucks or a Clippers fan, uh, you got no need to look for last-minute tickets for NBA games right now. But there's plenty of other sports that you can get involved with. Baseball, obviously, if you want to get tickets, concerts, all types of entertainment events as well. So buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is fast and easy, and it's the easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you as well. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of event. They have exclusive flash deals on tickets. Uh, for all those events we mentioned. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So download the game time app, create an account, and use the code locked on MBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and the redeem code locked on MBA for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. Uh, again, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks and Locked On Clippers your first watch or listen of every single weekday. Uh, as we're just diving into here, there is endless stuff to talk about in the offseason. We appreciate the support. Drop a like, a comment, subscribe, all those things. It's free to do, and it really helps us. So uh, what are the good things about Ty Lue as a head coach then? That that sounds pretty dysfunctional. And honestly, I've I've heard bits and pieces about that, but that sort of a uh, word from someone that covers the team on a daily basis is fascinating. And you can see why there might be some frustration there. Ty Lue just signed a long-term extension to be with the Clippers. So it, it is fascinating. But if you're a Bucks fan and there is a possibility that Ty Lue could be your head coach, what are you excited about? What, what is Ty Lue, uh, what are his strengths as a coach? Because I think universally he is understood as one of the better coaches in the league. I think Ty is really good at finding guys that may not have been utilized properly on their previous teams and getting them to be rejuvenated, not just on the court, but mentally. Nicholas Batum, he hmm. was supposed to be washed, done. Everybody's talking about that he was overpaid from Charlotte. He has become a cult hero in terms of the Clippers in fan base. You know, we have the Batum Battalion now. Yeah. Like, Ty Lue has really gotten the most out of him. He legitimately revitalized Reggie Jackson's career. I mean, Reggie Jackson now, and I love this guy to death, but he's on the Denver Nuggets team. He was expected to be Bones Highland's replacement, and they found out pretty quickly, much quicker than Ty Lue this season, that he's really not playable in a playoff championship contending team's rotation this year, this version of him. He's older now. He's had a lot of mileage the last couple of years, but Ty Lue got the most out of him. How about Russell Westbrook? Everybody was talking about him in the most negative light that he's been painted out, painted out to be in his entire career, but he found a way to get the most out of him. Ty Lue is, I would say, a player's coach. He really is. Now, I don't know if there are players that don't like Ty Lue behind the scenes. I don't know about that. The only reasons a player, I think, could dislike Ty Lue is the, the normal athlete competitive thing where you just don't feel like you're getting enough minutes in whatever sport you play. That's normal. 
But Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, even Paul George, the way he's gotten the most out of all these guys after certain rough stretches in their careers is so impressive to me. And he's also – sometimes he takes too long to adjust, but he adjusts. He's very sharp. And in the playoffs, I still would put my faith in him. Over the course of a regular season, he did some questionable things this season. But what I will say is this. If you have a self-motivated team, even if you miss like a Giannis or a Drew Holiday on a given night, you best believe the rest of that Bucks team will be playing hard and won't be completely clueless. That's one thing I'll say about Ty Lewis. He's found a way to get the most out of the Clipper teams when we don't have our stars. And I got to give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah, I find it that really interesting. A couple of things that you said. First of all, you know, maximizing the perhaps some untapped potential in guys. I think that's what the Bucs are probably looking at. They're looking to bring in a new coach and see if they can get anything extra out of this team because they don't have a lot of flexibility in terms of the roster. So let me ask you this then. How desperate are you for the Clippers to keep Ty Lue? Not desperate at all because okay. the thing about Ty Lue this season, um, he didn't have a good season. He didn't have a good season because he leaned too far into this guard heavy approach when the whole narrative and a proper narrative around the Clippers going into the season was we have all these wing players. Now I get it. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's lack of availability hurts that vision, but you had Robert Covington who had over 30 DNP coaches decisions this year after getting re-signed for $11 million a year this past summer. That's not normal. That's a clear difference in opinion of his skill set with the front office and the coaching staff. Cause you can't, how do you pay a guy $11 million a year this past summer and you give him that many DNPs? <laughs> I understand if he played and was awful and you're like, yeah, I just didn't work out. But that's not what the case was with Rocco. One of my good friends, his season ticket holder, loyal listener, he actually had a jersey customized that said free Rocco on the back just to let you guys <laughs> know how bad it got this season. And I know Bucks fans know Robert Covington's good because I know you'll remember that game in yes. 2022 where he turned into Richard Lewis <laughs> or something. But that and then fan favorite Terrence Mann, who's a utility guy. Tyloo doesn't really believe in him as a point guard. Going back to the point I made about he doesn't really believe in positionless basketball. He would play guys like Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard together in small ball lineups where he had no center. So, like, imagine Robert Covington and Nico Batuma, your rim protection, and then those three average to below average defensive league guards are in the backcourt. It was, it was just food on defense for other teams. And it took him a long time, a little too long for a coach with such, such a high basketball IQ to make adjustments. So the only reason why I'm not desperate, some Clipper fans may disagree. A lot of Clipper fans are calling for his head this year. I'm not that extreme about it. <laughs> but me personally, just Darren Vaziri is a defense first guy. So I view things from a defense first lens. Ty Lue clearly is, sees things from an offense first lens, shot creation, that kind of thing. So from that point, I fundamentally disagree with him and wouldn't mind if we went a different direction with this team. But if Ty Luke comes back, I'm still going to support him 100%. Yeah, all right. That's interesting. All right, then. So then the big question, because I just woke up over here in Australia. Someone has sent me a screenshot of a Reddit post with someone on the Clippers board saying, I guarantee Ty Luke is going to be coaching the Clippers next year. So let me ask you this. Uh, sorry, co coaching the Bucks next year. Mm. Apologies. What do you think the chances are that Ty Lue leaves? And I have to imagine, and there'll be other uh, you know, names in the mix we've spoken about, that Nick Nurse obviously is going to be right up there. 
But if Ty Lue leaves the Clippers, I feel like he's walking into another job. I think the Bucks' job is the most attractive in the market. So what do you think the chances are that Ty Lue is coaching Giannis and the Bucks next season? 40%. That's still pretty <laughs> high, honestly. It is, yes. 40%, I'd say. I think it's tough to say because Lawrence Frank in the exit interview said that why wouldn't Ty be coaching a team? But it seems so rehearsed. Like, I just, I just don't know if I buy it. There was clearly, because I'm not going to knock certain journalists, them reporting things out the blue. I don't believe it because when I hear secondary sources that things aren't like, uh, you know, the things I told you in the beginning of the show, like him being frustrated with the whole Kawhi thing and saying I'm mad about other things and the whole Terrence Mann and Marcus Morris, you know, Terrence being inserted into the starting lineup, all that stuff. Maybe he would walk away. And I also want to acknowledge that Tyloo dealt with a lot this year. He lost a lot of people in his personal life and he still just trudged on and, and was still our coach for every game. So besides I think like one or two where he was sick. So I got to give him a lot of credit for that. He put up with a lot, no load management for him, hmm. but um, I think it's, I'm just going to take Lawrence Frank's word for it. Given what Tyloo's done for our franchise, I think he'll be back next year, but I, I honestly think there is a strong chance that he, they mutually part ways in some way, shape, or form. There's a there's an aspect of if I'm Ty Lu, do I want to deal with this next season? It's not like regardless of what I'm saying about playing more wings, and I absolutely think even with Paul George and Kawhi out, he had the opportunity to play wings, and he played a lot of guards, and it hurt us. And obviously, playing his favorites, Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris. When he first came to the Clippers, my favorite thing about Ty Lu was he didn't pick favorites. But then when he was there for a couple of years, he built these personal bonds with Reggie and Marcus. And he just held on to them too long and didn't do what was best for the team, quite honestly. It took till them having to get berated online for him to remove him from the starting lineup. And that's just not cool. And I think that his personal relationships, he's a good people person, I will say that. But yeah, I think overall he'll probably be back with the Clippers, I assume. But there is an aspect of he could be frustrated with the lack of availability and all the drama and want to just go to a more functional organization, which I think the Bucks are, but you might have more insight on that. No, I think it's a fair call. We've always spoken about the stability of the Bucks, so it's interesting uh, for those two reasons. That's my thoughts as well. The front office stuff, uh, and clearly just, it has to be annoying for Ty Lue that every year in the postseason, these star players aren't there because we've seen when this Clippers team is healthy, they are a team that can uh, do some real damage and, and maybe win a title. So we'll see. I'm sure it's frustrating for the fans and uh, interesting for you covering the team as well. well. Hey, we appreciate the time today. We're trying to roll through and get... Uh, get into a bunch of different candidates and get the inside word. So uh, this has been an, uh, a lot of fun for me, man. Thanks for jumping on. No, thank you so much. It was awesome. All right. We're going to keep rolling next. I'm going to talk about Mike Budenholzer saying goodbye to Milwaukee. And uh, I saw some fans that were a little bit emotional about that. It was a nice goodbye uh, there from Mike Budenholzer. So we'll get to that next after we talk about prize picks. And there is a, a nice promo happening with prize picks right now. $1 million daily Superflex promotion. Every day of the NBA playoffs and finals, one prize picks user will win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern will be randomly selected each day. Whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. If you get six correct picks, one million bucks, five correct picks, 80K, four correct picks, 16K. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. Once you opt in, you have, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. 
First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, prize picks will give you 100. If you deposit 50, prize picks will give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. So I found that a fascinating conversation on Ty Lu, and clearly there's a lot more going on with that organization, whether it is some disagreements with the front office and Ty Lu. But let me know uh, what you think after listening to that conversation, because I have seen a lot of comments where there are a lot of fans out there that Ty Lu is the number one guy that they want to coach the Bucks, And I, I totally understand why. Maybe there was some roster and lineup limitations there uh, when it came to what the Clippers were able to do with availability. But I always admired from afar Ty Lu's ability to be creative during games with different lineups, different schemes, adjustments, which is something that the fans always want to talk about. So I thought in-game, uh, he, he's a really smart mind. <clears throat> As I mentioned, if he really wants a point guard, I'm not sure uh, the Bucks actually have a, a true point guard on the roster. There's certainly a bigger lineup. Uh, but either way, Ty Lu, as I said, if he decides that he wants to leave the Clippers, I have to imagine that the Bucks is the most attractive job and uh, he would be right near the top of the list. And uh, as has been reported a little bit, we've heard some little rumors that the Bucks might be waiting for someone who's not available right now. So it's a wait and see on Ty Lu. But we're going to try and do more of these podcasts. So uh, hopefully you enjoy them. We'll roll through some more candidates as the days go on. Uh, Mike Budenholzer has Instagram. That was something I learned today. But he sent through a lengthy thank you message uh, to Milwaukee, to the fans, to the organization today. And I just wanted to read out the back end of this message from Bud. It's been an honor to do this job, to have a place in the history of the city, the history of the Bucks, the organization. For that, I will be forever grateful. In my mind, there was no better place to work than for the Bucks and for Milwaukee. Thank you. It's time for a beer and some sun on one of the lakes. Uh, Best, Coach Bud. Uh, I saw a lot of great messages after this. And I think that we've discussed it before. But the fact that Bud is just a good person, I think counted a lot for the stability of the organization. Darian just spoke about Ty Lue being a players coach. Mike Budenholzer is absolutely a players coach. But he's also just a good guy. And I, I haven't mentioned this because it, people have their different stories. I saw uh, Bryce Christensen, who does the uh, the sign the ASL sign language for all the, the press conferences. He had a, a tremendous thread about how Bud you know, welcomed him in and made him a part of press conferences and and the post game for the Bucks, the first team in the NBA to do so. Might have even been the first pro team in North American sports. I think that's right. So he is open to a lot of things. He was always supportive of the players, but he was always just super respectful to everyone. I remember when I moved to Milwaukee, I hadn't covered sports really at all. And I was diving in and covering the Milwaukee Bucks and Bud from day one was always willing to have a laugh with me, maybe joke about some of the ways that I said different words. Uh, but he was always so respectful and polite. Even when I did piss him off with a stupid question from time to time, I could definitely tell that he was annoyed at me. But he didn't hold he didn't hold anything against me. The next time I showed up to practice or a game, he was incredibly respectful. I remember when I came home after the 2018-19 season. So I'd been around the team for a full year. And I came back to uh, the USA to cover the Bucks again the following season. And Bud, before games, doesn't talk to anyone. He will do his press conference, but he's not stopping the chat. He's locked in. If you see him in the hallway, he's going to walk past. He, he, he might say hello, 
but he's not he's definitely not stopping to chat and i remember it was at a bulls game it was at the united center and i'd missed the first couple of weeks of the season he saw me from down the hallway and i was near the locker room and he went out of his way he was heading in another direction he went out of his way to come over shake my hand say hello ask me how my family was ask me what i've been doing the last couple of months why i was late to get back and watch the bucks and i'll never forget that because he didn't he didn't have to do that he was getting ready to coach a game he was getting ready to prepare um, but he's just a quality person. So uh, to Mike Budenholzer, I think the reaction that we saw from fans in terms of saying thank you and maybe even feeling a little bit emotional about that goodbye, I thought it was nice because in my experience of working with him, uh, it was nothing but a pleasure. And he he was he was a d- delight to me and, and really fun as I'm trying to find my way uh, in the media game as well. So uh, look, we've spoke about Mike Budenholzer a lot. We're definitely sort of moving forward to this coaching search, but to hear that goodbye uh, from him. And obviously we understand on a personal level, it's been probably a terrible uh, couple of weeks for him and the family. So I just thought it was nice. And I definitely wanted to acknowledge that on today's show. As I said, we're going to continue to roll through the coaching candidates through the week. So let me know what you thought about this show and let me know the names that you want to hear about. Obviously Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, Kenny Atkinson might be another one. Um, But let us know if there's candidates that you want to hear about, drop their names in the comments and I'll try and chase down someone that covers the team, is around the team so we can get a little bit more info there. So thanks again to Darian for joining us today. Thanks again to everyone for listening. Subscribe, drop a like, a comment, all those things uh, because it really helps. And look, we're seeing some great interaction for the offseason. Big moves potentially coming for the Bucks, so we're going to keep on rolling with Locked On Bucks. So thanks for your support. Thanks for watching today. We'll catch you tomorrow.